0: Yeah, so a blessing, uh, honored to be uh, to be sharing. Uh, I've got a lot of intentionality, a lot of purpose, a lot of uh, objective in what I want to share tonight. Uh, not just a flippant thing, a very very intentional thing. And my objective is to systematically help you see God differently in the Old Testament, uh, to help you understand and love God as demonstrated in the Old Testament not just to know and love Jesus in the New Testament. And so I'll say a part of that again, to systematically help you see God differently in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we talk about God and we almost reference him as the God of the Old Testament. And then you've got Jesus. But there is no God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament. It's simply God. And he's been misrepresented, he's been maligned. Uh, the word says that he exalts his his word above his name or his word above his reputation, if you will. And even with the integrity of God of fulfilling his word and his covenant at times, he, he hasn't chose to defend himself in those ways but he's been misinterpreted, misrepresented at times that there isn't a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament, it's just God. And I want you to see the consistency of God in his character and nature. So just as a little bit of a baseline, uh, just to get us a little bit of foundation, Jeremiah says, Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. There's a difference between knowing God or knowing his actions, knowing what he's done, knowing facts about him, but to understand God is a different thing. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands me. And I think Moses had this revelation. Moses prayed and asked in Exodus 33, he said, show me your ways that I might know you. Moses wanted to know the ways of God. He wanted to understand him. And in Psalm 103, God answered that. It shows that he fulfilled that request from Moses by saying that he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Out of a place of intimacy, God showed Moses the ways, the MO, the modus operandi, the way that God operates Moses had that, uh, that, that revelation. To the broad audience, to everybody, to Israel, they could all see his actions, but to Moses, he got to see the ways of God. There's a difference to that. You can understand his ways and understand his actions. You can also understand his actions, but never understand the ways that he operates, the way in which, the why behind what he did, what he did, and what he does, what he does. So Moses got that revelation. He said, make... He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. And how did he show the ways to Moses? What are the ways of God? Well, after Moses prayed that prayer, said, show me your ways, God revealed his nature and his character to Moses. So Moses prayed the prayer. The Lord passed before Moses and said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and in truth. That's God himself describing himself. If you ever need a filter, a check, a litmus test of what's God actually like, this is God himself describing who he is. Similar how Jesus said, I'm, I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. That's, that's Jesus describing himself. This is God describing himself to say, I'm merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. Those are my ways, Moses. I'm making known my ways, my character, my nature to you. That's the ways of God. Same passage, Exodus 33, Moses said, Show me your glory. And God said, I will make my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Same thing. Moses is saying, I want to know your glory. I want to see your ways. God's response is, here's my nature. Here's my character. Here's who I am. The ways of God are found in his nature and his character. That'll be important as we continue on, but I want you to see that strong. The glory of God the ways of God are found in his nature and in his character. So uh, for time's sake, we'll go quickly through this, but 2 Corinthians 3, it gives narrative. It looks back at that instance with Moses. And so this is where, you know, Moses saw the glory. He saw the nature of God. God revealed his ways to Moses and his face began to show. The glory of God began to come off of Moses and there had to be a veil, unfortunately. But I want you to see here that, that Moses saw the nature of God and he gave off the nature of God. Uh, same, same passage, 2 Corinthians 3, beholding the glory of the Lord, he was transformed into the same glory. When you see God's nature and character, you represent God's nature and character. 1 John 3, 2 says we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Moses saw the nature and the character and he was able to, if you will, diffuse the aroma of God. He was able to be an epistle, same passage, 2 Corinthians 3, an epistle read by other men. Moses saw the nature of the character. He reflected the nature and character. We shall be like him when we see him. So Moses was giving off this nature, this character of God. The Bible said he didn't even know that he was doing it. But Moses giving out that nature, giving out that character, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15, just to camp here for a minute, I want you to see that there's a hindrance, there's an inhibitation at times to seeing the glory of God when we read the Old Testament. Again, the misinterpretation of God. But it says here, but their minds were blinded. This is talking about the children of Israel not seeing the full glory. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is taken away in Christ, but even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil lies on their heart. There's a hindrance to, I want to see God, I want to see His nature, I want to see His glory, but there's a veil, there's a hindrance when we read the Old Testament. When we read the Old Testament and do not see the glory, the nature, or character of God, we read the Old Testament, we don't see with clarity, there's a veil, there's a hindrance there. Because their minds were blinded, they didn't have, if you will, their minds renewed to who God was, His nature, His character, but the good news is the veil is taken away in Christ. In other words, if we want to see the nature and the character of God, if we want to reflect the glory and see the glory, we have to let Jesus be the thing that removes the veil. He's the one who takes away the veil. And I'll explain that more in a minute. Just as an anchor to this, I'm not saying we look back to the Old Testament law. I'm not saying we look back to the system for fellowship with God and receiving his blessings and having a clean conscience. The same passage, 2 Corinthians 3 says in verse 6, the letter kills, the spirit gives life. Verse 7, it's a ministry of death. Verse 9, it's a ministry of condemnation. So when I say looking at the Old Testament to find the nature and character, I'm not saying looking at, uh, let me put it this way, not, not the covenant, but the character. Not the testament, but the testimony of God seeing the nature through those things. So even in looking at the Old Testament, there's a glory to be seen that's veiled to us at times. Moses saw in glory during that time, and we can too, if we remove the veil. But let me make some defining statements, just some problem statements, defining statements here. Many people see the actions, again, actions to Israel, ways to Moses. Many people see the actions, but have not tapped into the revelation that Moses had to understand his ways. Or it may be simple in this way, we tend to love God for the last 2,000 years, but not love him for the first 4,000. There's a hindrance. We don't see him in that way. Again, we talk about that God of the Old Testament, but it's not the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's just God. Jesus perfectly manifested not only who God is, Jesus manifested who God was all along. If you can look past the actions and see the nature and the character, you'll see the same characteristics of Jesus represented in God throughout the Old Testament. Jesus didn't come to change God. He came to reveal him as he was before and is now. Many people see the Old Testament as a reference guide for the actions, not as a letter written to them to gain revelation of his nature. That'll take a mature perspective, not just looking at here is what God did, but looking in the Old Testament to say there is what God was and is represented in Jesus. One of my favorite statements, Jesus did not manifest a new nature of God. Jesus finally was able to show who God was all along, if we remove the veil. So Jesus revealing who God was all along. So don't lose sight of the revelation that if you see it in Jesus, you see it in God today that if that's the way that Jesus was, that's who God is to you. Jesus is the express image of God, Hebrews 1.3, the perfect representation, the exact replica, if you will. Jesus is who God is today. That's not a stale revelation. That's an active revelation that if you saw it in Jesus, you can see it today in God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But Jesus also referenced backward to God, not just present and future tense. So John 14.7 says, If you had known me, you would have. Past tense, previously, if you will. If you had known me, you would have known the Father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. John 1.18 in the Amplified Classic says, No man has ever seen God at any time, but he has declared him. He has revealed him and brought him out to where he can be seen. He has interpreted him. So again, Jesus kept referencing backward to how there was a miscommunication. Nobody saw God before. If you'd seen me, you would have known him. I've interpreted him. Again, interpretation, it's when something's said or done, let me explain that way to you. Let me give you an understanding about what was previously said or done. Let me interpret God in the Old Testament through my actions. Speaking of Jesus. So Jesus kept referring backward to how there was a misrepresentation of God, a misinterpretation of who God was, and how he's showing something different. Not just saying this is who God is now, but who he was before. John 5.19 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Again, he's referencing the ways, not the repetition. In a similar manner, Jesus represented God. Jesus had a revelation of the ways of God, not mere repetition. You look at the Pharisees bringing the woman ca- caught in the very act of adultery. Religion looks at the actions of the person, but also the actions of God previously to interpret his ways. So they looked and they said, hey, here are the actions of God. Here are her actions. You do something out of those previous actions. Jesus bypassed the actions. He went with the ways. The disciples saying, let's call down fire from heaven. Look at the actions of God. God, through Jesus, said, no, those are actions. Let me show you ways. Here's the actions of the Sabbath. Jesus said, no, those are actions. Let me show you ways. Jesus interpreted God accurately as he always was. John 17:6. I have manifested your name. Manifested is the Greek word uh, phanero, to become known, to be plainly recognized, thoroughly understood who and what one is. I have phanero, your name. I have made you understood who and what one is. Jesus, again, gave understanding of ways, not just knowledge of actions. Jesus changed the covenant while revealing the character. He did not come to change the covenant while changing the character. He was revealing the character of God all along. Jesus changed the way that God is able to interact with us. Yeah, those actions aren't false actions. Those are true actions, if you will, of God. But Jesus changed the way that God was able to do things with us. So, Luke uh, 2, obviously, peace and goodwill came through Jesus. Ephesians says that Jesus broke down the middle wall of separation, abolishing in his flesh the enmity. Isaiah 40, looking to Jesus, said, Now the warfare is ended, and iniquity is pardoned. Jesus changed the dynamic. He didn't, again, change the character, he changed the covenant. Jesus dealt with the turmoil, the separation, the warfare caused by iniquity, thus providing God a new opportunity to treat us how he always wanted to treat us. How he always wanted to treat us all, I'll show that in a minute. But again, Jesus dealt with the turmoil, separation, and warfare caused by iniquity, thus providing God a new opportunity to treat us how he always wanted to treat us. You know the the difference between leadership and management. I and mean, There's so many uh, in this room. So many leaders between Josh and Sway, uh, between Shanra and Elijah, and what they're leading. Uh, David and Colleen and Caleb and Selena. And on and on. I can go around the room. There are so many leaders in this room, not just at AWM and Caris, but in, in the church. In businesses, the difference between leadership and management, you you guys understand that. Delton's back there too, uh, either intuitively or, or intellectually, but there's a difference there between a leader and a manager, right? A leader, by simple definition to me, is influencing from your heart to their heart, whereas management, it's directing specific actions with defined consequences and rewards. There's leadership and there's management. I present to you that in the Old Testament, God had to be a manager, even though he wanted to be a leader. God's desire was to influence heart to heart. He had to become a manager. Why? Because well, you slip into management instead of leadership when there's something new going on. Hey, I've got a new team, a new department, a new initiative. I've got to manage for a season here. I have to direct specific actions with the specific rewards and consequences. <laughs> So new things, when there's not a responsiveness from the people you're trying to lead, you have to manage them for a season. Or when there's harm to the individual or others, you've got to manage that situation. You can't just influence. I would say that God had new things going on. He had an unresponsive people. And there was harm in the body that he had to step in and manage the situation. But his heart was influence. Jesus changed the ability and gave him the opportunity to be a leader instead of a manager. Again, I'll say Jesus dealt with the turmoil, separation, and warfare caused by iniquity, thus providing God a new opportunity to treat us as he always wanted to, if you will, as a leader, an influencer of the heart, and not a manager. So God in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, it wasn't God's desire that, that covenant, that way in operating with people. Hebrews 10.8 says, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which were offered according to the law. Again, I'm trying to get you to see there are actions that are true, but the ways of God are deeper. There's a heart behind things that He didn't desire that system. Micah 6.6-8 6, 6 says, What shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the Most High? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord have pleasure with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? No. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God? Again, here are the actions according to the law, here's what I'm actually showing you is good. Here's my actual heart behind those things. Even in Exodus 34, where we started and where where God gave the law, Exodus 34, 27 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you. Where the Amplified Classic says, According to the purpose and character of these words, I have made a covenant with Israel. What's the purpose behind that law? What's the purpose behind the actions? What's the character that's underlying, even in the midst of actions, seeing the ways instead? Looking at the Old Testament, so the action to this, what I desire for you to do is to start interpreting the Old Testament, looking for the ways and beyond the actions. But the word says, Jude. Keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking for the mercy. There are treasures that are yet to be found. There are secrets he wants to reveal, etc. But it takes you looking for the mercy in the Old Testament. So I'm just going to read some Old Testament scriptures. Looking for the mercy, seeing the mercy. Hosea 14.4. And I will heal their backsliding and I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him. God had a desire to love us in a different way. But it wasn't until Jesus that he could, as a father, sigh in relief and say, now I can love them freely. If you picture the restricted heart of God in the Old Testament, saying, I want to treat them differently, I can't, but through Jesus, now I can love them freely. Speaking of the time of Jesus, Ezekiel thirty three eleven says, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Now listen to the pleading heart of God. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? God's heart in the Old Testament and his ways and his character of mercy and graciousness and long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, the ways of God and the restriction that he had to love us freely, uh, it's palpable. Jonah 4.2 says, And he prayed and said to the Lord, "All oh, Lord, was not this what I said to you when I was still in my country? Therefore I previously said, fled to Tarshish. So this is Jonah saying, I knew what your character was. I knew what you were going to do here. I know that you're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Again, you could read through Jonah and see the actions and completely misinterpret the character. And what religious does is look at the actions of God. That's how he is. Instead of saying, this is how he is now, let's look at the actions. Ezekiel 6, 9. It says, I was crushed by their adulterous heart. Hosea two sixteen, then nineteen through twenty says, And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you shall call me my husband, and you shall no longer call me my master. The ways of God as a husband instead of the acts he had to complete as a master. And I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. Mercy was always God's way. Micah 7, 18. Who is God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Even in the midst of the action, that's what God's ways are. Hosea 6.6, 6, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So again, the, the objective statement is to systematically, to help you see God differently in the Old Testament, to look for the mercy, to find the mercy. But what I, I would challenge you in, if you picture yourself sitting on this side of things, you have a choice. You, you can look at the actions of the Old Testament to try and give way and understand his nature. Or you can remove the veil and you can place yourself here, then place Jesus in his ways and understanding and his nature and his character and who he is. And you can look at the nature to interpret the action. That's the difference between the Pharisees and Paul. The Pharisees looked at the actions to narrate the nature Paul looked at the nature to narrate the actions. And the revelation he drew out of that, we're still feeding off of. So my heart, my desire, remove the veil through Jesus, seeing God in clarity in the Old Testament, who he was represented in Jesus, not just who he is and will be. See God in the fullness of his nature, demonstrated throughout all of history. As it says in Isaiah 14, 4, love him freely in the same way that he loves you.